and welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, and joining me for this episode is Ariel. How's it going, Ariel? Good morning, Pat. I'm doing all right. How about you? Doing pretty well. Uh, I am, it is like midweek, so that we're recording this time for me. I know it's your, your weekend is approaching, um, so... Uh, you know, I'm kind of like rolling through the week and a little bit on the tired side, but we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll get through it. Yeah, we, we can do this. Yeah, definitely. It'll, it'll be okay. And it'll be a fun episode today uh, because yes. today we're going to talk a little bit about coffee history. So we don't have a real firm outline or anything, but I think it will be fun to just sort of start with some of the original history of coffee where it comes from the legends around the origin of coffee and then we'll just kind of see where that takes us i want to do more than one of these history episodes so i want to try to um to to, i don't want to necessarily exhaust the entire history of coffee in one episode but i think it'll be fun to talk about yeah i'm I'm actually super excited to do this yeah me too uh before we get into it though is there anything coffee wise that has your attention that you've been into over the last like i guess it's been like a week and a half or so i think since we recorded recorded anything so uh curious um well i'm i'm having an indonesian coffee right now that's that's actually pretty good it's um it's got it's from that roaster that i I like that sells a lot of filipino coffees Mm -hmm. Um, and it has tasting notes of like grape soda ube beignet and i think chocolate and it's it's really really interesting yeah yes yeah uh, that sounds really good. Uh, yeah. What is the name of that roaster again, too? They're not one that we carry, I don't think, but... Mostra. Mostra. Okay, yeah, cool. it's a M-O-S-T-R-A. And I, you know, being half Filipino, it's a, kind of a, it's a nice thing to see yeah. Filipino coffees being highlighted. Totally. Um, and I had one from Thailand from them that was actually really good, too. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, I want to try more of their coffees because the, the couple that I've tried um, that you have uh, have... have provided me some samples that have been really interesting uh and i really like filipino coffee because it is always something a little bit different mm-hmm. um and that is most of the different like southeast asian origins i find are i feel like they're kind of more distinct from each other which makes sense when you think mm-hmm. geographically then you tend to see from different african origins uh which is interesting like the differences between different african origins tend to be a little more subtle i agree which isn't uh and same with south american origins which is not necessarily a bad thing at all like i think it's really interesting to taste those subtle differences too but it's mm-hmm. cool to try uh southeast asian coffees and see how more wildly different they can be from uh from region to region and yeah. and and i feel like too and maybe I'm way off base here because I'm not uh, a, a roaster in any way, but I feel like with a lot of coffee, like this is especially true of South American coffee, the roast level kind of determines a lot about like, you know, is it going to be earthier? Is it going to be more chocolatey and stuff? I feel like with a lot of Southeast Asian coffees, you tend to get like it, the roast level the style of roasting can kind of like change the flavor profile a little more than you would normally expect from from something like a South American coffee. Yeah, I would say so just because they uh, some of them are, are actually roasted quite dark and then mm-hmm. some of them are really light. So it does tend to pretty to be pretty varied varied yeah 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 it's really cool well that's awesome i am uh i have have not had 
a ton of exciting stuff to report. I've worked a lot with the the new Mila machines, but we did a whole episode about that, so I won't go into that. Um, we have now one of the things we've kind of teased a couple of times on the show as being exciting coming up is uh, the Mio should be out now. So we're going to have... It is so cute. Yeah, I love... The, honestly, like, I always struggle with this because we don't... I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday with the podcast and with YouTube too. We try not to make stuff seem like it's just advertisements because it's not really like we do run ads for things that we want to run ads for as ads like mm-hmm. this show and our YouTube content is really designed to, to not just be an ad. It's designed to be um, on the informative side and on the more conversational side and, and yeah. to be like really honest and everything. So I try not to. um come off like I'm trying to sell people something because I'm, I'm really not when I when I say this stuff but the Mio is definitely one of the machines I look at and go like man I would kind of like to have one of those <laughs> yeah. um, because do you, have a, do you have a you have a Mila at home though don't you Pat? yeah yeah uh, which is good for where I'm at right now because we have such a small kitchen so I don't really have room for a full espresso setup so mm-hmm. the Mila is nice because it's it, it it's kind of all in one and uh i'd get my fix for like finally crafting espresso drinks at the office when i'm there but (laughs) the mios if i was if i was shopping for a semi-automatic espresso machine and i had the budget for it which is not super super high compared to a lot of other italian machines Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a pretty reasonably priced machine especially for what you get with it that's definitely the one that i would be shooting for because i i like it a lot i i it reminds me a little bit of the escaso lineup that's out right now and i really like those machines too and i just kind of like the performance on the mio um it's very comparable to those but every time i've used it i've had a really easy time dialing it in and dialing in a grinder for it and uh and yeah so i'm a big fan of it and the content we have prepared for it is pretty cool so i'm excited to 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 use it more as time goes on and it's a kind of nice compliment to the bellow too it sort of gives that brand to a couple of different options in mm-hmm. and styles the, the two main different Italian espresso machine styles so I'm into it yeah same <laughs> should we should we talk about coffee yeah history? let's talk about coffee history though um, I didn't know a couple of times on the show as being exciting coming up is uh, the Mio should be out now so we're gonna have it is so cute yeah I love the, honestly like I always struggle with this because we don't was just talking to somebody about this yesterday with the podcast and with YouTube too. We try not to make stuff seem like it's just advertisements because it's not really like we do run ads for things that we want to run ads for as ads like mm-hmm. this show and our YouTube content is really designed to, to not just be an ad. It's designed to be um, on the informative side and on the more conversational side and, and yeah. to be like really honest and everything. So I try not to. um come off like I'm trying to sell people something because I'm, I'm really not when I when I say this stuff but the Mio is definitely one of the machines I look at and go like man I would kind of like to have one of those <laughs> yeah. um, because do you, have a, do you have a you have a Mila at home though don't you Pat? yeah yeah uh, which is good for where I'm at right now because we have such a small kitchen so I don't really have room for a full espresso setup so mm-hmm. the meal is nice because it's it, it it's kind of all in one 
and uh, I'd get my fix for like finally crafting espresso drinks at the office yeah. when I'm there. But <laughs> it, it, the Mio's, if I was if I was shopping for a semi-automatic espresso machine and I had the budget for it, which is not super super high compared to a lot of other Italian machines. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a pretty reasonably pr- priced machine, especially for what you get with it. That's definitely the one that I would be shooting for because I I like it a lot. I, I it reminds me a little bit of the Escasso lineup that's out right now and i really like those machines too and i just kind of like the performance on the mio um it's very comparable to those but every time i've used it i've had a really easy time dialing it in and dialing in a grinder for it and uh and yeah so i'm a big fan of it and the content we have prepared for it is pretty cool so i'm excited to 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 use it more as time goes on and it's a kind of nice compliment to the bellow too it sort of gives that brand to a couple of different options in mm-hmm. and styles the, the two main different Italian espresso machine styles so I'm into it yeah same <laughs> should we should we talk about coffee yeah history? let's talk about coffee history though um, I didn't know a lot of the history of coffee until I started working here which was four years ago now so it's it's, it's been a while but um, I why don't you sort of I have the story up but and can mm-hmm. contribute as needed but why don't you sort of walk us through the discovery of coffee because it's a funny story if you yeah. haven't heard it before uh so i think the most well-known legend i guess you could say about yeah origins of coffee was um an ethiopian goat herd named kaldi noticed that his goats would be more energetic after eating the berries off of a certain plant so he tried them himself and lo and behold um he discovered that he was more energetic and he took them home to his wife and she thought that it was heaven sent so she told him she that he should take it to the sufi monastery mm-hmm. and he took it there the monks were not happy they thought that it was kind of a nefarious plant and called it the devil's work so they threw the berries into the fire and realized they'd made a mistake when a heavenly aroma began coming from the berries in the fire so they pulled them out of the coals and they put the the crushed beans into water to preserve it and they drank it and so they began incorporating that into their daily routine because it kept them awake during long prayer hours so that's kind of like the the general story that you hear yeah. for the discovery of coffee. Yeah, and I think it's a very fun it's it's a legend, so we don't mm. technically know for sure how much of it is truth and how much of it is fiction. Mm-hmm. But it's a really fun story and I think the thing that when I was researching it that sort of uh historians that that i found talking about it have said is you know it's not just because we can't verify for sure that's exactly how it happened there's a good chance that that at least some of it is accurate because yeah you would the way the big like people presumably in the region have been eating coffee cherries for a long time um Mm -hmm. because that's just how I mean, it's like the cradle of humanity, right? And people were yeah. foraging and, and, and eating whatever was edible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just took the first person to notice, hey, this has properties. This makes me like feel more energetic and feel a certain yeah. way. And I think 
it's easier to observe that kind of behavior in animals than it is to because when you if it's yourself you're kind of like well I, don't know, I could be any of these things maybe I just feel good today but when you see your your animals act the same way day in and day out and then they eat these these cherries and then they start like getting excited and jumping around yeah. and stuff that's a that's a clear <laughs> you can kind of see the cause and effect there and um and and I think it's a fun story and, and probably bears some pretty bears a lot of truth um and and you know we know that that's the region that coffee kind of comes Mm -hmm. from too uh so so we know that it was grown there back then Mm -hmm. and even with because there's also coffee is also very like prominent in yemen but even their coffee origin stories all agree that yeah it was in Ethiopia first and then right. came to Yemen and naturally occurring. And, you know, actually something I don't know that you might know the answer to. And I should have looked this up. So I apologize to anybody who's like, wow, what a bad host. This is the only coffee origin story I've heard. And I don't know if there it like if we have records of coffee growing naturally in other regions prior to this or if our understanding is that pretty much all coffee was imported uh, from from here. No, I think you're right. I, because, you know, I was doing research, too, and it's just everything I everything I could find, at least, was that it started in Ethiopia wild and then was first cultivated in Yemen. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. Mm-hmm. And that then it was kind of from there, unfortunately, brought around the world by people that were doing bad things um Mm. but but the cultivation of coffee became a more global thing as different coffee as coffee plants were brought around to different regions um i don't Mm. like i don't think that it was naturally occurring in south america prior to uh the colonization of uh of south america by europeans so um which you know not good times but it's 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 one of those things that's like one of the things I've always loved about coffee and one of the reasons why I like working in this job is I think it's indicative of like how powerful indigenous peoples around the world are and how like awesome it is that, that there is this whole industry, which has been exploited and, you know, unfairly, uh, used by a lot of the world as well, but there's this whole industry that that is based around like really taking these plants and 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 making them into something super special. Um, yeah. And and I think it's cool that we can trace it back, even if the the circumstances for it propagating are 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 not good. It's cool that we can trace it back to Ethiopia and kind of back to this origin story, regardless of how true how much of it is truth mm-hmm. and how much of it is legend yeah well you know legends do have origins in the truth yeah. so you know i think it it's probably like you said it's probably something very very similar to that um but but the one thing is you know yeah uh, there there is a a certain degree of exploitation with you know indigenous peoples um but just seeing what they're doing now you know kind of like taking that back and yeah taking taking pride in something that was once like a negative thing for them is, yeah. is also pretty incredible. And thankfully, I mean, with the cultivation of a lot of Arabica coffee anyway, I mean, this is less true of 
there's plenty of robusta farming that is still done in uh, horrible conditions and mm-hmm. and some with arabic farming as well but at least like a lot of the coffee that we sell one of the things i, I enjoy about it just getting to trace it back to I always, whenever we bring in a new coffee, do research on like where did the coffee originate from, and you can trace it back with most of our roasters to the individual producers and the processing mm-hmm. stations and um, the individual farmers, and then you can find like actual like images of the cultivation and processing of that coffee, and it's mm-hmm. really really cool to be able to see that more now. And it works because there have been so many programs which have had mixed results over the years, but a lot of programs to try to connect roasters more directly with producers so that you can make sure that there is ethical sourcing happening. Um, and it's it's pretty exciting, I think, uh, to, to be able to go all the way back to the beginning and then all the way back and then see where it comes yeah. to now. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. But I, I do find it interesting that, you know, kind of wherever coffee goes, you know, that society builds their own culture around mm-hmm. coffee. So it always ends up playing like an important part in in that society, um, you know, starting with like the Ethiopian coffee ceremony. And then, you know, you it goes all the way to Turkey and then the coffee shops in Europe. So there's always... <laughs> There's always this sense, and I, I think it's interesting because kind of down the road, coffee gets, you know, banned in a, in by a lot of like leadership. Yeah. Or because coffee shops and cafes were where people would drink coffee and talk about like rebelling against their. Government. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's it it, it happens in. You see it in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories is like in the lead up to the French Revolution and the role that coffee played in that. Because in 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 some circles, like coffee was viewed as not being like a drink that noble people necessarily drank, or if they did, they drank it a specific way. The finest coffee in 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 the morning like uh, in their in their fancy homes whereas a lot of people would go and drink coffee that was whether it was like cut with chicory or 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 whatever we're doing it in in cafes that became meeting places more for like the working class which is very Mm -hmm. cool um and that has happened in places around the world that have uh had their 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 big rebellions um it happened in (laughs) in the colonies in the in the u.s prior to the revolution and stuff too uh Mm -hmm. people talk about you know the the because there's brewers that domestic brewers that lean into it talk about that with beer but it happened with coffee too especially because the the whole (laughs) we're not going to drink tea thing uh (laughs) so uh it's it's pretty cool to see what the role the role that coffee has played culturally. And I also think it's interesting that this is sort of obvious, I guess, but I still think it's cool and interesting. Like you're saying, there's like Ethiopian coffee ceremonies and there's coffee ceremonies from different cultures that were relatively early in the consumption of coffee. And it's interesting to see how those, the places that coffee propagated to over time, how the sort of passage of time and the cultural landscape of those places affected their, the development of their coffee rituals is really fascinating to me too. Leading all the way up to like 
the weird way in which getting a coffee through a drive through is sort of <laughs> an, yeah. uh, its own ritual in a sense, certainly not as austere or, um, or like, beautiful, but <laughs> exactly. There's like, there's no, there's no reverence there, but you know, it's definitely, yeah, it's a uh, coffee has definitely evolved with humanity for sure. But then you have like these old traditions that have stayed, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of when you talk about coffee being banned, one of my favorite coffee banning stories. I have to 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 um, I I have to remember the specifics because uh, I don't I I don't remember exactly which pope it was, but when the pope banned coffee because it was a it was Clement the Eighth, I believe. Yeah, uh, banned coffee because of it being like the devil's drink. Uh, which is one of my favorite coffee stories. Yep, yeah, it, it was. You're right. It was Clement the Eighth, and he said, "Why this Satan's drink is so delicious that it would be a pity to let the infidels have exclusive <laughs> use of it." And 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 like prior to that event, coffee was Satan's drink, but then he blessed mm-hmm. it, and that made it. Like first, he just banned it and then somebody made him an espresso i guess i don't know what kind of if it was an espresso but somebody made him a coffee <laughs> and he was like oh this is tasty never mind i'm gonna bless it and it's fine now yeah <laughs> it's I, think it was so an espresso. I know i'm like i don't think it was an espresso because it was 1600 mm, mm-hmm. oh and then you know what he died five years later so well he started drinking too much coffee and then there you go heart condition um, yeah developed a heart condition yep, we hadn't yep. developed the stock uh to be able to withstand the extreme caffeine intake that we have now right <laughs> not have any complications <laughs> from it like, i say it as i sip on uncut cold brew yeah <laughs> uh i think it's i think it's really interesting the 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 tying of coffee as a sort of psychoactive substance to mm-hmm. religious groups i mean it's it's happened with numerous different cultures with seeing it as like the devil's drink or like the bad mm-hmm. thing um i think that's fascinating that in some ways people sort of looked at it similarly to other psychoactive drugs that were prominent mm-hmm. and had these snap reactions to them yeah well even with the coffee origin myth you know the the sufi monks threw it into the fire and then it became a huge part of like their religious culture so you know kind of just seeing that happen kind of over and over again (laughs) I do like that aspect of the, that is like the hardest to believe part of the legend to me mm-hmm. is the throwing it in the fire thing. But I do like the idea that like, that's how they figured out, oh, we should roast the, these beans yeah. is <laughs> getting mad at them and throwing them in, them in the fire. That's always, I've, I've always had a hard time with that. And I don't really know how we should roast these beans ended up becoming a thing but hey yeah maybe that is exactly what happened maybe like who knows that's that's the fun thing about legends you know i've also seen takes on it where the nobody ever gets mad and i don't know how much of this is like because i've seen the the telling that that you are referring to and then i've also seen tellings that like Caldi and the goats were dancing and then monks mm-hmm. just got excited about it because it meant they could pray for longer. Yeah. Uh, and so they never <laughs> threw them in the fire. Instead, they just ate the berries and uh-huh. thought they were God sent because it meant that they could stay awake and pray mm-hmm. for a longer period of time, which is really yeah. funny to me. And it's just, it's interesting too, because there are still some religions that kind of forbid the consumption of coffee. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I th- like I said, I think it kind of comes along with forbidding consumption of other psychoactive substances. But mm-hmm. it's interesting that the like the effects of coffee are so I mean, we know that there could be that, that, you know, too much caffeine, caffeine can be addictive, too much of it can Mm -hmm. be bad for you. But the cause and effect that they would have observed then would have been I drink coffee, I have energy, which is an interesting thing, I think, to like uh, demonize versus something like opium where it's a much more like horrible yeah yeah (laughs) and 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 you can more clearly see i mean addiction to drugs like that then no matter how further along we are in terms of our medicine now at the time even physicians were like hey this seems bad so it kind of made sense that religious leaders would also be against it whereas coffee is one that i think it's interesting that it ever became ostracized in any religious cultures because it just seems like a good thing, I think, mm-hmm. when you first consume it. Yeah. Well, I think it kind of goes back to the fact that, you know, people would, that was, that's, it's a drink that you sit down and you, you sit down and, and enjoy with other people, right? And then if you're doing that and talking about things and then you're like, oh, hey, I don't like this thing that, you know, the government is doing, or I don't like this thing that the church is doing, Which, you know. you know, one and the same at that point, yep. in that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I can I can see them kind of banning it for, you know, for that specific reason, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's spot on, and I think it, it shows um, how... I think when you do with that plus the the like oh I tried this and it made me feel anything at all right. and the sort of like general uh, feeling among I think a lot of the more um, evangelical religious people of various faiths in that mm-hmm. period of time being kind of like Ooh, wait feeling things is bad <laughs> uh, yeah if I feel anything that isn't a direct result of praying then it's Mm -hmm. or or reading scripture then it's bad um it's very interesting i think yeah it is uh especially for (laughs) and i think it's interesting too because i feel like most of the time the people that were drinking coffee were like men can you imagine if like a woman oh i know her hands on some coffee and was like i feel great (laughs) yeah but uh, but then again like the monks were making mead. I mean, obviously, it's a medieval thing. It's not this mm-hmm. not happening in, in in Ethiopia necessarily. But while coffee was still being ostracized, I feel like people were making alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like they were making beer in in uh, in in, in parts monasteries. of ancient mm-hmm. Africa. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it's funny to me that coffee's the one when alcohol is just fine, and one mm-hmm. one of those things makes you do much stupider stuff than the other one. <laughs> I, well, I think it's because at the same time, you know, the the alcohols that they were making were kind of, you know, they were filled with a lot of different yeah. herbs, and so they were kind of more viewed as a medicine yeah, than anything probably. else. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but coffee is really good for you. There's all these studies that, yeah. that have come out like, oh, it's actually like really good for your intestines, and it's actually like, it'll give you a longer life if you drink it so and and sometimes i wonder how i mean me the person who took a like two biology classes in college and 
that's the extent. So I don't know anything that I'm talking about, but sometimes I'm kind of like, I wonder how much of this is people trying to find a reason to continue to consume the things that they really like and not feel bad about it. But at the same time, I feel like with coffee, it's a much, it seems much more real than it does with like, you should drink one beer every day or I'm like, <laughs> ah, just cause your study showed that 80% of the people who drank a beer every day lived an extra four years. I don't know that those two things well, it's like, in that correlate. Case, correlation does not necessarily <laughs> yeah. mean causation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, want to keep talking. You, the big thing I want to look in that I want to research more of that I feel bad that I don't know because I know a lot about modern coffee cultivation, um, but I really want to learn more and, and hopefully talk about on the show the 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 development of coffee infrastructure and like how mm-hmm. that happened historically um obviously a lot of it was initially built by colonizers but um i'm interested in the development of like different processing styles and how people came up with the idea it seems very easy to me to the like oh we, we eat this berry it makes us feel more energetic that part easy i get it but i'm so interested in the development of like cultivation technique and processing Mm -hmm. technique and roasting technique because i think those are so complicated and it's so cool that people came up with those ideas yeah especially yeah like how they came up with them and you know like and like the propagation implementation of those ideas over the course of like over the world during a time when communication was not as simple as like sending an email. Um, Mm -hmm. so there was much, it took much more effort to communicate ideas about how to, to, to cultivate this crop because it's a complex, you know, it's, it's sort of like making bread or something. It's a complex thing. It's not as Mm -hmm. simple as you grow the vegetables and then you, pick the vegetables you harvest the vegetables and you eat the vegetables it's it's a there's a lot more steps along the way i think with something like coffee Mm -hmm. it it is definitely a a very complicated thing like one little thing goes wrong and yeah so um we will continue i say that to say that this is definitely like the first of hopefully many of these kinds of Let's talk through the history of coffee and talk through like what, uh, how we got here. And cause it's fun for me to do more research in that. Most of my research on coffee history has been like fun, specific moments to write a blog post about. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to having more of a reason to dig into the later history. Uh, but if, unless you have something else you want to hit on this episode, uh, I think we can call that an episode. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we've, we've covered our, all our bases, you know, that was, a. Uh nice kind of meander through the yeah the early days definitely well i'm definitely looking forward to uh to doing this with you again for yeah yeah well thank you for joining me so much for for your time uh and thank everyone for listening to this episode of the seattle coffee gear podcast if you have a question about anything coffee related but also if you have any thoughts about if you know some cool facts about coffee history drop us a line to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com and we will definitely check those out for the show if you enjoyed this episode be sure to let us know in a review on your podcast platform of choice and tell a friend as we kind of continue to try to come up with some cool new stuff we've got a guest 
guest coming on pretty soon that I'm excited about. So we're going to have some really cool episodes coming up in the future. Uh, and for all of your coffee needs, be sure to check out seattlecoffeegear.com and head over to our blog and YouTube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee. Uh, we also have, uh, I'm shooting some today. We have some TikTok stuff that's getting spun up more that should be fun. Uh, I've never. <laughs> I never I, thought I would end up on TikTok. No, I, I like, I, I look at it and scroll it and um, most of my TikTok is like uh, stuff that's like 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 short form horror stuff that I like uh, mm -hmm. horror stories. So I, I I haven't really gotten into food TikTok at all, and I'm I never make them. So I think it'll be fun to, to do shoot some in the studio. So yeah, that uh, be check cool. that out if that is a platform you use. Well, thanks again, and we will see you next episode. Thanks, guys.